Micah, it's always a pleasure podcasting with you, sir. How are you? I'm sad, 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 but uh, generally I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Uh, pretty good. Why are you sad? Um, everything all right at home? What's going on? Did you get kicked out? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Things are great. Things are great. Okay. That's, uh, you know, people get sad after football games ah. when teams they support disappoint them and lose. It's Tuesday, but you know, so we've, we've had a lot of time to, to really just let it sink in, figure out mm-hmm. how to cope with it. Uh, you were the first person I wanted to talk to. Um, I, I honestly contemplated watching the game with you, reaching out to see if you would be interested in such a thing, but I, I figured you're much like me and you like watching it alone so you can be miserable by yourself. Um, you got anything that just jumps out at you that you didn't like or maybe something you, you did like? Well, uh, let me start by saying you are correct. I uh, spent Sunday uh, drinking non-alcoholic beer and pacing around my home um, in a, a totally miserable state. Everything about it was nothing about watching the Dallas Cowboys is enjoyable for me. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's a sign that I need to find a new hobby or uh, spend my time doing something more worthwhile. But, um, you know, not a whole lot to like. Uh, about the team's performance. How did you um, feel, did, just to interject real quick, how did you feel going into the game? Was there anything that was giving you hope? Obviously, the week before, the Cowboys played pretty well against the Bucs. Uh, Dak, in particular, looked really strong. Did that give you any sense of, like, all right, they might have this one against the Niners? Yeah. So so my, my feeling moving into the game and and is sort of the same coming out of it. And then my number one feeling coming out of the game is the 49ers are better. The 49ers are better, and the 49ers are better. They are a better football team than the Cowboys. Now, going into the game, I, I sort of assumed that, but I said, you know, no rookie quarterback has ever t- taken the team to a Super Bowl. And of all of the rookie quarterbacks in history, is Brock Purdy the one to do it? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they're going to lose at some point before the Super Bowl. Why not with Micah Parsons chasing him around and harassing him? Uh, you know, tricking him into making a, uh, a mistake or two and and then, you know, winning a close game. I thought it was possible. Um, but it basically went the way I expected it to. And not to, not to, I hate being that guy, but you could have seen it from a mile away. And, uh, you know, can, can we just start with the kicker? Ah, uh, yes. The great Brett Maher. Like, how much worse could the kicker off the street be than than Brett Maher? Um, I mean, I'm not expecting you to find Justin Tucker, like, just off the scrap heap, sitting on his couch. But, like, kickers in this league between, like, the fifth-best kicker and the 28th-best kicker are all basically the same. And the guys on 29 through 32 are good, but Brett Maher was, like, a 1,000. I, I just—it's just absolute malpractice that that guy was still a cowboy after his performance in Tampa Bay, and to think that we're just going to bring him to a new environment and it's going to be okay—it's not okay. It wasn't okay, and it was stupid to think that it was coaching malpractice, but it was certainly malpractice on the part of the GM. Yeah, I and, uh, uh, I agree. Of Obviously, he had like a, a pretty decent season, Maher. That is. A really good season. He had he had a good season. Fair, um, but what he did 
against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I don't care how, how good a season you had. Like, like the yips are a very real thing. Like, you can lose confidence in yourself very, very quickly. I don't care how long you've been doing something. And for that to occur in the playoffs, you can't just, like, hope he, like, reverts back to his usual regular season self when you just can't – you can't afford – you know, you can't afford that. And there were also reports of, him, like, pregame warm-ups in San Francisco. Um, he was, like – like 50 well, at, like at that at that point they had already decided not to dress the backup kicker so right. it didn't matter no, like i, I, I mean, know at that cooked. point it didn't matter but i'm just i'm just it just goes to show you that like his confidence was just in the gutter and I, i'm sure you're going to talk about it in a minute but that the extra point that was blocked like he shanked it he's lucky it was blocked it didn't so it doesn't go down as like a miss on the on the stat sheet but like he would he pulled that thing so hard and and my larger point is perhaps even Brett Mayer at his best, Maher, at his absolute best, is like 5%, 10% better than some guy off the street who's like the 40th best kicker in the world. And so Brett Maher at, at his absolute worst is a liability that will lose you a football game. You've you got to replace the guy. He has no value over replacement, and he's, he's a head case. And I, I will make the argument that that missed extra point is the most important play in the game because at the end of the half, the Cowboys are tied now 6-6 instead of being ahead 7-6. They have the ball uh, near, near the 50-yard line. Kellen Moore's butthole tightens up. The play calling got weird because you knew that we can't even – there's no way we're attempting a 50-yard field goal. There's just no chance. So we've got to get in the end zone. So they, I think they had three straight incompletions. They end up punting back to the 49ers. Of course, the 49ers go down and kick a field goal. So now they lead 9-6. Um, I just feel like they lost the game right there. That's four points that you could have had. Uh, are really seven points because the Niners get, one, you miss the extra point. Two, you don't attempt a field goal. And three, the Niners go down and get a field goal. Uh, it was just it changed the whole game. It changed the whole mindset. And uh, it, it was totally preventable. Yeah, and I don't... I, I would have had no problem had they tried to kick that because he has been exceptional from 50 and beyond. And, like, he made two other field goals later in the, you know, in the second half. But I would not have cared if they, if they just gave it one more shot and then after that said, all right, if we get it in the end zone, we're not even kicking the extra point. We're going for two. Like, I, I would have no problem with that all-in mentality. But you're absolutely right because now the rest of the game, not that there was a ton to enjoy anyway, all I could think about when we got to their side of the field was, well, we can't – we're not kicking. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's everything's four-down territory. It just – it made it unwatchable. And it's just – oh, God, watching him roll out there – putting the camera on his on him on the sideline when they get close. It's just so tense, man. Feel awful for the guy. But yeah, it's I don't know, man. I I had to wonder if they were somehow able to uh concoct a, a drive at the end there and got six and uh had the opportunity to kick kick the extra point and tie it up or go for two, what they would have done. And I was watching it with my oh, wife. You, you, I told her 100% I go hundred percent would have gone for two. I told her I go some people, you know, people, if he goes for two and misses it and they don't get it, obviously people are going to be saying McCarthy's got to go, but I would have no problem with that. You're on the road. You're a dog. 
go for two. But that, that of course, that didn't happen because we ran because our our quarterback tried to throw a pick six on the first play of that drive. I'm, then I'm he glad. tried to get a safety on the second. Uh, yeah, I'm, oh, that was that was those are different drives, right? That were they this, different? This, yeah, the safety was that final like there were like forty five <laughs> seconds left. No oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the drive before the next to last, which is um. What what I mean, it's I think it's fair to say the most important drive, offensive drive of Dallas's season, right? Like Dak's career. Yes. And, and Dak, man, uh that drive, like a legacy drive for Dak. Like first down, he throws what absolutely should have been an interception, possibly a pick six, but it would have ended the game either way. Uh luckily that linebacker had like bricks for hands. Um down two. Michael Gallup streaking downfield. No one was within like four yards of him, and he just completely misses him. I know it was it probably wasn't the most easy pass to hit. He was kind of stepping up in the pocket, and he had someone kind of near him. But still, Michael Gallup was wide open. And then the third down play, he's I I don't know he's he's doing a little a little two step in the backfield, and then he he gets uh, eventually gets sacked. It was. It was an absolute travesty of a drive for the Cowboys. I watched one of those uh, YouTube uh, quarterback room film guys who like breaks down like you know after a game like that. And he did a, an entire thing on Dak yesterday, and just the little things that you don't notice, like his footwork and like how he gets like he kind of his feet get a little panicky in there, and he hesitates and he's late on a lot of throws, like on that first interception. Which, by the way, horrible route by Gallup. Horrible throw by Dak. So you just have two things there that are just shocking. And uh, I, love, I love the part of us uh, trading the our, our number one wide receiver, the best route runner in the league, arguably, for a fifth-round pick. Like, you don't think you could have used Amari Cooper yesterday? That's insane. But anyway. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, let me ask you a question, Dylan. At the end of that drive, it's now fourth and ten. The Cowboys choose to punt. Were you okay with that choice? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have been too upset at, had they gone forward and forth down, but I, I was, they were still deep in their territory and enough time. I mean, obviously the, the, the Niners were going to try and stop. I mean, I'm sorry, try to burn the clock. And I think Dallas still had full slate of timeouts, right? Still had three timeouts. And as long as you can keep the guys, keep 49ers from getting a first down, uh, you have a shot. Of course, they did get a first down, and, and uh, the running back Mitchell was, you know, he didn't step out of bounds, so the clock, or he, I'm sorry, he did step out of bounds, so the clock stopped. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I didn't hate the call. I didn't hate the call. Dallas has obviously has good defense. Who was playing well that day, and um, but gosh, when, I mean, getting the ball back in Dak's hands. It, look, he he's a good quarterback until it's like not not up time. And then he just, he just, he kind of just only nuts up. The window for Dak, for, I think, for the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl with Dak closed when we gave him that deal. I think you, you had him a fourth rounder on a rookie deal. You had the pieces in place. You lost that close game. He wasn't bad against Green Bay in that playoff series. But since then, he's had a calf injury. His foot's been sideways. He's the slowest I bet he's ever been in his football career right now, which makes sense. He's older. Um, that's usually how it works, but he's immobile for the most part. And it's just disappointing because I, I feel like for him to be good, like really good, like he has to be mobile like that, you know, like what we saw against Tampa Bay, 
But against Tampa Bay, the game was never really in question. Like no. the, the Cowboys had a a healthy lead um, pretty early on, and they just maintained it, which takes all the pressure off of Dak. But as soon as the moment gets tense, Dak just kind of shuts down and is not his usual self. And we've seen it too many times to ignore at this point. Guys, there's something we have to recognize. Uh-oh. Dak is Tony Romo. They're the exact same guy. We, we've got Romo again. Uh, statistically, I think in their careers, they're almost exactly the same as starters. Uh, yards, winning, all that stuff. You've got a guy that, that's probably a top 10 quarterback. Um, but now, as you mentioned, he's 29. He was the oldest quarterback in the divisional round. He's been banged up. He missed four games this season. He missed games in the past. He's going to continue to miss games in the future. And so now you have a quarterback, just like Tony Romo, that was mobile, not necessarily electric with his feet, but mobile enough to make a a couple plays, but is now older and is losing that ability and is injury prone. And so to say nothing of his performance the rest of the season um, or towards the playoffs, it's just we're we're going – it's not going to work. This is where I was at the end of the Romo um, partnership with the Cowboys. You know, he's just good enough to break your heart. Um, it was clear he, he might be a top 10 quarterback, but the team was destined to come short with him at the helm. And it's time for a divorce. But of course, your general manager has overpaid and extended the quarterback in a way that you can't divorce him. And we're, you know, there, unless they draft another fourth, uh, fourth rounder who, uh, is the SEC player of the year and, uh, Dak gets hurt and then someone else magically rises up. It's not going to end well. Yeah, that's, and it stinks. That comparison's fair. And it's funny because, like, so Romo and Dak are unquestionably like the best quarterbacks we've had since, you know, the 90s, since the glory years, since Aikman. And one was an undrafted free agent and the other was mm-hmm. a fourth round pick who they didn't even want. If you remember that draft, they wanted Paxton Lynch. Um, but Denver, I believe Denver uh, snuck up there and got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude, it sucks because I really, really like Dak. And, like, I don't like having to turn on him. And, like, he's, like, a good guy. And he does a lot of good stuff. Of course with he and he, he's, he's the guy you want as the quarterback of America's team. He's a solid guy. He always says the right thing. He generally do, – I mean, he always does the right thing. We've never heard anything else otherwise. And the, the team likes him and all those things. You could have said the same thing about Tony Romo. And – Jerry and the management pussyfooted around for two years and put him on, you know, gave him the franchise tag and didn't extend him because they thought they, you know, and so now you're pay, you're going to pay for that for the next two or three years, however long he's under contract. Uh, and now I'm afraid past his prime. Can we bounce over to the uh, other position in the backfield? The, uh, Running back, we talk Zeke. Because oh, speaking of, I mean, I, I would argue that the Zeke contract is actually much, is actually the biggest problem going forward. Now they did. You're right about that, Micah. They did wait too long to uh, extend Dak, but um, as soon as I saw Tony Pollard go down, and I did say high ankle sprain because I've seen enough of those now that I know what they, I know what they look like. I didn't realize there would be a bone break. I was like, well, there's no. The second half is going to be depressing as hell because. The thought of us coming back on the road with Zeke in the backfield, it's just a it completely changed the complexion of the offense. Yeah, I told uh, I looked 
I was talking to Dave yesterday in the office, and I said, if there's a, a silver lining to what happened, I mean, Tony Pollard goes down, and like, like that team is not going to beat Philadelphia. It's just not mm-hmm. like it's. Yes, of course, it's nice for Dallas to win another playoff game and you know go to the conference championship. But uh, I mean, for San Francisco to eliminate our team instead of Philadelphia, that's at least nice in some way. But isn't that sad? Yeah, because I thought the same thing, and yeah. I was like, dude, what a pathetic mindset I have right that, now. That team wasn't going to beat Philadelphia. Like. <laughs> Dan, uh, I was we, out with Dan we, Register uh, the night before, and Dan was like, "I really need y'all to beat San Francisco." He's like, I, "He's like, we're not scared of Dallas at all." <laughs> so I can only imagine yeah. like Dallas rolling in without Tony Pollard, their best player uh, on offense, I, in my opinion. Can we talk about Zeke? Because he stinks, he's and terrible. he's washed, and he hasn't been a difference maker since 2019. Even though he's one of the two or three highest paid running backs in the league, still, uh, I, I texted you guys. He started the game, he played on the first play, and then Pollard came in and played the rest of the first series. Like, he is the starter in because Jerry wants him to be the starter. Like, it's clear the coaches, you're not running back one. And, like, it's weird that the announcers just talk about him like he's Jerome Bettis. Like, oh, he's a a short yardage guy. Like, like, uh, oh, he's a great short yardage back. Like, what? This dude's the third highest paid running back in the league. Like he's he's a failure. This is a, a failure of contract. I mean, he he's had a lot of carries. I'm not picking on Dak or on on Zeke necessarily. I mean, he's old and and he's been worn down, and they've run the shit out of him. But like, it's it's just that contract is so onerous um, that it's really it's it's hard. And and when the announcer's like, well, let's see what Zeke's got. Zeke hasn't has no explosiveness. Zeke hasn't no. broken any big plays. How old do you like, think Zeke is? Chance they have. 29. Oh, God. 28, maybe? He's 27. <laughs> Dude, what? That's a lot of miles. And he's, well, he's he also, toast. He's also made $50 million, is what he's going to end up walking away with. Um, and so I'm happy for him, but he's done. Was and it? He, really, he really hasn't been anything special. Uh, for the last two or three years, was I it mean, two seasons and ago? Maybe flashes. Was it two seasons ago that he showed up to training camp like in actual good shape for the first time in a couple of years, and it's like, oh, Deke's mm-hmm. like, like fast twitch Zeke is back. Yeah, because remember he had the when he held out and was went to Cabo. Yeah, and he was and like, like he was supposedly he, was, he filmed a documentary of he was it. Gooey. He, was, he was like training in Cabo. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure, dude. That's yeah. what I do when I go to Cabo. So he train. He got criticized a bunch for showing up, you know, pretty out of shape for you know an NFL running back. Next season, though, he like he comes in like twelve pounds lighter. Yeah, uh, but he still was just not explosive at all, and hasn't well, been for he a had, few years. He had flashes two years ago. He had nothing last year. No, like, you know he, and he's had nothing this year. At no point were you. I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm sure there's something, but at no point do you you watch him play this season and go oh wow that's that's different there aren't there aren't two backs in the league that do that he just doesn't have it and he's getting paid like he has it and uh that that is not necessarily his fault it's jerry's fault the smart people i follow on twitter they are all uh, in agreement that uh jerry's gonna work some kind of restructured deal with zeke um keep him here but to lessen the cap hit which, you know, kick the can down the road type deal, which is what we do, I guess. But I, I he sells too many jerseys for, for, for Jerry to get rid of them. And that's sad that we have to even like factor that it's into the really, equation. 
is that really a thing? I, I mean, he's I, marketable, I know that, dude. But like, is Jerry make how many dollars is Jerry making on that jersey? I, I just, oh, I I can't. That's such bad. That's a terrible way for a general. There's not a general. There's 32 teams. 31 general managers are not taking that into account. They just aren't. And perhaps it's because, you know, the guy, well, maybe it is because he's the owner and the general manager and his owner hat says, keep that guy. But no other general manager can look at this guy and think, think like if this guy's on any other team after being overpaid and underproductive, he's gone. You just let him, you let him walk. How many times have we seen Ryan backs walk? And for some reason, he'll still be a cowboy for the next two years. I just, I lose, it blows my mind. It's hilarious. Our, our uh, inability to like part ways with people like when we should, except for the ones that we shouldn't part ways with again, Amari Cooper, like uh-huh. it's, it's just like, it's almost like it's sentimental, you know? And I think I, I, I guess we finally did it with Dez, but man, Jerry just gets, he gets attached to these well, guys. Dez was the, also cooked. Who is? Dez, let's not oh, talk yeah. about Dez. Oh, Dez. Dez was cooked. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying like, it wouldn't have shocked anybody if Dez was still here, like on the roster somehow, because Jerry refused to let him go, but he did the right thing on that. Um, he did give us a, a, a fun moment at the end of the game, though, when he played center for one snap. And um, how know, did that go? I actually were- turned the game off. Can you kind of just give me a rundown of what happened? Yeah, there? sure. Um, in, a, in a desperation, <laughs> Hail Mary, I don't know what play, I guess. They needed, what, 75 yards for a, a touchdown with a couple seconds Three left. Three quarters of the field. Yeah, uh, they they lined up for in a formation I've personally never seen before in a football game, but they had their running back at center mm-hmm. and zero other down linemen. They had a, a few linemen um, lined up outside at re, like where a receiver typically would. Yeah. And they ran a play that just really didn't work. And Zeke b- playing center uh, got absolutely pancaked by a linebacker. Yeah. Was he well, not, I- was he not prepared for that? Did he not understand that that man was, um, I, I think the the few times they've run that play in practice, the defense was like, uh, I, "I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Let's just let's just not." I rush probably shouldn't run over the franchise quarter yeah. running back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, it I seemed think like the last time ready. he may he may have done that in the game was a flag football game when he was a child that he played center, and nobody, you know, you count to three Mississippi before you get run over. Uh, I thought they ran that final play in tribute to Mike Leach, as uh, they had, mm. you know. Offensive linemen spread out all over the field. May he rest in peace. A weird time to, to pay tribute to a, a late <laughs> college football coach, but yeah, maybe. And the, the funniest part, uh, so Zeke gets pancaked. So Dak has, Dak actually has pressure. He's they're running this gimmick play, and this dude's running free right toward him, and he throws it to Turpin high. You know, not that it was going to do anything anyway, but Turpin gets it, and then Turpin just gets absolutely wiped out, like just. <laughs> Just the perfect ending for that game. Well, the the other perfect Turpin play was on the the kickoff return where he could either go uh, left or right and go to the end zone, but instead he went straight and fell straight down. Yeah, I I, I kind of I, I I had a feeling he, about that I mean, play, and he's just... a running full speed. I'm not blaming him necessarily. I know. But it is sort of, you know, if you want to point to those two plays as encapsulation, I, that's not a word, but um, it, it, it's a microcosm. 
Maybe. Yes, it's a microcosm of of what happened. Also, um, shout out to, just, shout out to Diggs real quick for uh, completely avoiding any contact whatsoever with George Kittle on the uh, the most important play of the game. The uh, I guess it was a third and long across the you know that slant that he he bobbled and caught and Diggs just for whatever reason was that Gallimore running with with uh, with Kittle like he was somehow covering him down the field and then Diggs runs over and just completely moves out of the way. It was strange. It was a strange choice to avoid contact there. Um, but let, let's just talk about the general manager again. And let's say it. The, the Cowboys are doomed as long as Jerry is alive. And the prospects really aren't much better uh, as long as his family is in, in charge. And he's sad and sad and sad. But my question to you guys, what other general manager comes out and just says, we're sad? We're sad. We're sad. Now, I know Jerry drank, I'm sure, a bathtub full of Johnny Walker Blue, and, and I can't blame him for being sad. But, like, again, a general manager from the other 31 teams and, and your season ends that way, and all you can say to the media is, we're sad. Yeah. I guess that wasn't a question, but come on. Yeah, no, it, it's – it's um. I don't know. I, I I have like a theory in my head that like nothing good will happen to them in the playoffs until they uh, finally name Will McClay the uh, GM, which he has been. Like the only – oh, God, this just gets me going. Because, you know, the Sean Payton rumors are real. Um, and, you know, to get Sean Payton, you'd have to give up draft capital, probably a first at least. And if we if we panic move, fire McCarthy, lose Quinn – go after Sean Payton and give up a first-round pick or, God forbid, two first-round picks and handicap the only only department in the uh, franchise that actually does its job and does it well, personnel, I'll be sick. Mm -hmm. I will Got be it. absolutely sick. Elevate Dan Quinn, please. Get rid of McCarthy, uh, promote Quinn, and be done with it. I'd be happy. I've only been saying that for the last 10 weeks. Uh, well, in the last three years. But, yeah, Dan, Dan Quinn should be the head coach of the team. It's pretty clear. Um, I don't think that Jerry's going to pull the trigger on that. It's just sad. And, and, and really, the worst part is the team isn't up and coming. They're not the Giants. They didn't overachieve this year. It might be better to be a fan of Tampa Bay because at least they underachieved and they're about to tear the whole thing up. Like, where, where do the Cowboys go from here? It just they live in the in between. Jerry falls in love with his own guys, then he overpays them. And then we wonder why after a seventeen game regular season that, you know, guys are playing through injuries. They're just when when you have all that money tied up in the, the top guys, especially the ones that don't perform, your depth suffers as as a you know, and and then guys get hurt. It's this is the nature of this game and, and Jerry just doesn't get it. It's crazy. I'm sad. Are you going to be sad if Kellen Moore gets the job in Carolina? He is interviewing for that. No. No, not particularly. Can I get um, can although, I get wild for a minute, Micah? Yeah, sure. What if I told you there was a guy who was a good offensive mind, above average offensive mind, who's been very successful with a number of quarterbacks? Let's just say that guy had a bad year, and maybe took a one-way trip to Thailand. Cliff Kingsbury, OC of the Dallas Football Cowboys. How does that make you feel? 
Um, I mean, that's fine. It's I, juicy. I, I'm, I'm not excited about it, but don't tell me that that's not a move Jerry would make. If Kellen leaves, Jerry hired Kellen. Kellen was not hired by McCarthy. They're, they're not playing McCarthy's scheme. It's not. He doesn't have a disciple there running this offense. And Jerry will go out and make another big splash. Um, if it's not Cliff, it's somebody. And I... Oh man! Now you got me all fired up. Well, I got bad I, news. I, it it's not going to be Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien is no longer with uh, the Crimson Tide. He is now uh, back on staff with the Patriots. Really? In what capacity? Huh. OC. Okay. Okay. Not yeah, that well, anybody actually sometimes wanted it helps that. to actually have an offensive coordinator, unlike whatever the Patriots did this season. But that's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm sure the cl- Cliff is the person. Cliff will get interviewed. Jerry wants Cliff, assuming uh, Kellen Moore's gone. Oh, Lord. I, I don't know if I can sit through this. I don't either, man. I thought about that. I was like, man, it's going to be a long six or seven months, whatever it is, the oh, training camp. You know, and at the end of the day, they're, they're not as good as the 49ers, even on a third-string quarterback. The 49ers are a better football team. The, the Eagles this season were consistently a better football team. They're um, somewhere between the Giants and the Eagles. That's where the Cowboys are. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's not, you know, it's not, hey, let's let's go all in. Let's go get Sean Payton. Forget the future. Let's let's go win it right now. That's not where this team is. And the, and the sad uh, thing is with Dak, last thing on him, you didn't even need him to be great. Like, looking back, he didn't have to, like, go out there and play like he did against Tampa Bay. You just needed him to go out there and be good. Like a little bit better than average, like what Brock Purdy did. Brock Purdy was good; didn't turn the ball over. Um, but no, you didn't get that. And uh, now we get to talk about it. And my group text will continue to continue to have the worst uh, takes. But you're, that's what we get. That's what we get as Cowboys fans. Yeah, you really want your. Uh, I don't know how much Dak made this year, but forty mil. Forty mil. You really want your forty million dollar quarterback getting outplayed by a guy making six digits which I think Brock Purdy was this year. Mm, pretty low close, six figs. Pretty, yeah. cl- pretty close to a league minimum. That's that's cool. That's good stuff. Very cool. But yeah, yeah, it's good. It's great. I yeah. mean, it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I know that you guys know this, but we them boys and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it the most. I I you know, maybe Jerry'll die. I I just don't know what else can happen um, to solve the the problems that we consistently face as a franchise. Um, but you know, Hey, uh, pro football, it's fun. You guys have any, uh, you know, uh, any thoughts on uh, the games this weekend? I assume you're going to talk about that further as soon as I hang up the phone, but, um, you know, football, it's, there's three games left. That's kind of depressing too. Uh, yeah, we are going to get into it a little bit more. Um, yeah. I'm in that weird place of rooting for Jalen Hurts, but not liking the Eagles. So I'm like, I want, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm on, I'm on that Joe Burrow train right now. I think Burrow's my my guy right now. I think the Bengals are my team who I'm riding with. Um, but I just wouldn't mind something good happening to the Cincinnati Bengals and their fan base. You know, over all the other. Well, you know what? Bases. I'll say this: I'm sick of the Cincinnati Bengals already, because my brother-in-law, who's a very nice guy, uh, he's married to my sister, and is a wonderful guy and a nice uh a wonderful father to to my niece okay and i like him very much okay but he'd never been a football fan before and my sister liked this because you know she grew up around us and we like football a lot probably too much and then 
the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and now Ryan is all over the Bengals bandwagon all season. He's going to the bar to watch the game. He's having fun. And they've won more playoff games the last two years than the Cowboys have since 1993, and I'm fucking jealous and angry. Mm. And that's all. Mm. How did he choose, not, How did he land on the Bengals? He's from Ohio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's his team. He, he wasn't. He it, caught the wave. But he, he's riding the wave, and I'm happy for him. Um, but, yeah, this is, it's, these are dark days. These are, well, continue, you know, it, it's the only other thing I'd say, Dylan, sorry, is, is, and Dave and I talked about it a little bit. There's just no joy in watching this team play. It's not, you know, I'm an Astros fan, and when it comes to playoff baseball, baseball is intense and nerve wracking, and there's all the dramatic shot, close up shots of the games on TV, of the players and their faces, of the, the fans. And the game, by nature, is dramatic, but, like, it's fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited to watch my team play. There is nothing exciting about watching the Cowboys. It's just a, a week full of dread. And uh, now I guess I don't have to feel that for the next nine months. Give us something positive to end on here. Give us, <laughs> yeah, what's, what good is happening in your life right now that you want to share with the people at home? Um. I got nothing. I, I have yet to release the Micah's Read of the Week newsletter. You're um, saving it for the I'm newsletter. Behind. I'm saving it for the newsletter. Uh, but I'm behind on the newsletter, so that may publish this week. I know people love that. MichaelWeiner.substack.com. Well, uh, you know what? The only the only joy, and, and I'm glad you mentioned this, because we talked about it when I came on the Touching Base. Um, or I'm sorry, the Circling Back. Uh, Thank you. The, 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 yeah, apologies. The Circling Back Patreon episode last week. Uh, Brett gave me that meat. The meat was great. I was very happy with that. That's, I guess that's two weeks ago. Um, but when I appeared on the show, I said, um, oh, no, I, I was about to say something really smart, and it's just totally left me. Mm, I have, have no joy when that happens. Well, that really is going to get people to go subscribe to our oh, Patreon. God. Yeah, it, it was a good – it was a, an excellent and a lot of fun. I thought it was – you know, you guys would like it. It was a nice pop in, and it looked like we—if we, you saw the meats that you smoked on uh, meat smokers only, or you, I guess you charcoaled them, you didn't really smoke them. I don't know what you call that, but it looked uh, yeah, phenomenal. There were, there were wood chunks available. Okay, um, we had some smoke. The there was yeah, there smoke. Were smoke. People were smoking. Micah, I hope that um, you can find a, a, enough going enough oh, in your life that's going to uplift you beyond what the Cowboys have done to you. Cause you really sound like you're down bad. Yeah. What's up? Well, I, I remember uh, on that, on that Patreon podcast, I complained about how the new Twitter sucks. I don't ever want to see the for you uh, stuff, but you know what? I'm starting to reconsider because now every time I open the Twitter app, I get Nick Adams in my uh, for you. And he, he's, He's bringing me a lot of. I do follow him, but he's oh, okay. still popping up in the for you because it's, I apparently they know I'm a liberal, so I must have a right wing troll in my for you at all times. Uh, just a, a scrolling Bobert, uh, Green, Nick Adams, and Nick Adams is is a, a joy. I, I'm liking all of his tweets, and I'm enjoying what he's doing. I'm glad that he's getting rid of the incredibly sexist uh, pigs at M and M's. And uh, he, he's won the spokes candy war. And I think we can all be happy about that. I don't know where his true beliefs lie, but he is by far the funniest thing the right, I'm using that in quotes, has ever produced. I, I just, I hope more than anything in the world that this is all a ruse that he is going to expose in a Super Bowl commercial. 
and just come out and say like, who cares about M&Ms and make it a thing about M&Ms. But that's not the case. Uh, and he, he's going to hold on for at least a couple more years. I would he, imagine, he's been doing this for a while. I think he's a, uh, he's pretty entrenched at this point. Do you think he'll speak at CPAC? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he has. Oh sure God, he has. dude, he gets like sign me up. He gets like Fox News spots sometimes. Like he, he has, he has some people, uh, some influential people, absolutely fooled about the bit that he's. He's he's a, <laughs> a, he's a real bit. treasure. It's it's the best it's, best bit. It's so good. I mean, it's it's like Stephen Colbert without irony. It's remarkable. And throw in uh, an Australian accent if you're not yes juiced and up a love enough of about Hooters. It. And a love of Hooters. Just checks all of our boxes, really. Yeah. Guy plays yeah. well right into our lap. Well, Micah, always a pleasure. Hope to see you soon. We love you, Micah. Yeah. Uh, and for everybody out there, I, I would highly suggest a Guinness Zero this week while watching the AFC Championship. Stay strong, uh, dry January followers. And uh, go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use promo code ALGO to save 20%. Thanks, and bye-bye. 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 Actually, go to Early Bird CBD and use promo code WASHED for 20%. How about that? Okay. Isn't that our new promo code? Am uh, I allowed to say that? You know what? Let me check. I think it is. Yep, it's washed. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that. That was basically therapy. We had to do it to him. Um, I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about Cowboys, but it'll probably be the last time we devote 37-plus uh, uh, minutes to them uh, this year. So. Yes. KJ, any parting thoughts? Anything we need to do? Oh, we need to run it back. We're going to do... Sorry, this has been a weird... We had weird schedule issues. We did not... Dylan and I did not intentionally move the pod because we were sad. No, I I appreciate... uh, I was joking in the beginning. Y'all have been more than accommodating. So, uh... Well, anything for you, KJ. Yeah. Let's run it back real quick. It won't be a long one today. Uh, Yeah, run it back, which, of course, is a segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. Micah hopped on to talk Cowboys and was kind enough not to call anybody fat. Dave said Ebenezer Splooge. That's not what I said. I misspoke. Babyface now goes by Old Man Face, as he is now significantly older than he was at the height of his popularity. Micah thought maybe the Cowboys ran the last play to honor the late Mike Leach. I don't think that was the case. Uh, Micah is sad. The idea of Cliff in Dallas is juicy. Per Dave. OC, not coach, for the record. We still them boys, and Micah hates it. Micah is just really going through it right now. And finally, KJ sat in the cuck chair in an NBC suite. And that concludes Run It Back. That's what this this podcast is like the NBC suites of podcasts. We're going to get it done. Look, it's not a boutique. It's not, not a five-star. You can't order room service at 2 o'clock in the morning. You can't. But you know if you look up, KJ is going to be sitting in that chair watching it. <laughs> Get out of here. Until next time, we will see you later. Bye-bye. I want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.